This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Free FM 89.0. Tuia Mareo Otahapori. Now, Hamilton City Council presents Council Comment. A weekly discussion about civic business, one-on-one with those at the council table. Here's your host, Brian Smith. Hello, very good morning, everyone. It is indeed Brian Smith at this end of the thing. And on the other end of the line, we've got none other than uh, this morning's guest, Sarah Thompson. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Brian. It's good to have you on and uh, looking at the wind there. I think we're getting a bit of cloud. Maybe it's going to get some rain after all. <laughs> I hope so, actually, because my, my lawn was looking really green after the last deluge, and, and now it's looking rather brown again. Right. Well, Sarah, I've got a few things to ask you. One of the things that a lot of people may not be aware of is there's no food scrap collection at the moment from the uh, people that pick up our rubbish. Yes, so our staff um, have been under a lot of pressure with Omicron and yep. with, and but also the contractors who deliver the food scraps and recycling and rubbish services. So yep. um, because a number of people are now having to um, isolate at home or um, are unwell, that, that means that we've had to stop the food scrap service just temporarily so that there are enough... Um, people to still carry on with the rubbish and recycling service. So hopefully those can continue without disruption. Um, cross fingers. Yeah, well, would you hope so anyway? Uh, one of the things that I know the council's been talking about is the the effects on the city, and I gather the CBD's suffering quite a bit, or the, you know, the businesses, that is. Uh, is there any light at the end of the tunnel at this stage? Ah, good question. (laughs) I I mean, the Economic Development Committee uh, the other day did make some decisions to try and provide some support, but I I guess it's a little bit of a drop in the bucket um, compared to the issue that we face in terms of um, the hospitality sector in particular and and how they're struggling. So um, uh, we will be looking at how we have some more um, use some of the event funding which hasn't been uh, used over this last year or so uh, to promote the CBD and encourage people to come come in. Um, And I think the difficult thing is people are, I guess, being a bit more cautious at the moment and, and aren't going out as much or just aren't going into the office and that's and without those office workers um, you know, going out and buying coffee mm. for lunch, um, things are a lot quieter. So uh, the light at the end of the tunnel was ultimately probably going to be the end of the peak of this um, outbreak. Um, and there is some government support as well for businesses uh, that, are, that meet the criteria. Um, yeah, it, it really is about us all just Trying to support the support the central city and and hospitality by trying to, um, if we can, uh, get out as normal and yeah. Um, yeah. 
This is a big one, and uh, of course, I, I walked down the street the other day, actually down Victoria and uh, down to Garden Place, and it was fairly uh, slack, if, you, <laughs> if I can use that word. And um, yeah, and of course we've uh, got. We, Carry on. It, uh, it is, and and it is really. I think um, we have to call to people and say, hey, you know, if you can, if you're in the position to go out and support those businesses, um, you know, even if it's to go and pick up dinner from one of them or something yeah it is very quiet well there we go and uh, of course uh, one of the things i'm changing completely tact here uh the government's uh, g- g- three waters uh thing what's yeah. your thought on that I, I'm, all the councillors i've spoken to don't like the idea very much at all yeah i mean i think that some kind of reform uh is needed um we currently have 67 councils uh, a lot of them separately uh, providing um, water services and uh, if you look at the gap between what we need to do in terms of investing in our three waters to provide for growth but also um, look after our hour here in Hamilton um, you know that that gap is massive it's in the billions Mm. and ratepayers can't put that hobble um you know, we need a way to be able to borrow more to invest in those intergenerational assets. So some kind of change is needed. Um, the question is whether the, the change that's been, or the reform that's been proposed is the right answer. And um, a lot of us, I think all of us, including myself, are unhappy with how it is proposed at the moment, um, particularly uh, if you look at the entity that has been proposed for our area, you know, it includes over 20 councils, and that becomes absolutely unwieldy, in my view, once you get to um, the point of having a representative group that's kind of uh, governing the body or, or providing that strategic direction. Um, and, and it does also mean that you're moving further and further away from that localised approach where local knowledge is really important um, in informing uh, where investment goes, the timing of it, um, and community views. So personally, I think a smaller entity mm. for our area, it could be the Waikato region or Waikato Bay of Plenty area, um, would be much more suitable. And we have to also make sure that uh, there isn't too much bureaucracy that there still is a direct line between um, residents and the the entity delivering the water itself. Yeah, it's a, it's a big one because it's almost like the government stealing our assets. <laughs> That's what I thought anyway, but never mind. Um, but it is a big one, and I hope that the council keeps putting pressure on to really rethink this one. Mm, mm. Yeah, I agree. I think. Um, Really, the argument has been around how to push back yeah. rather than um, whether to push back. And so uh, some elected members have felt that it's better to kind of go to say, hey, look, we're not going to do submissions. We're not going to uh, participate in this process that the government uh, has um, has set up. Instead, we want to, you know... Um, I guess take a more of a uh, approach where um, 
you know, they just say, we just say absolutely no to what's happening and, um, and uh, potentially work with some other council to proposing their own alternative and then uh, there are others who are uh, prefer to be putting in submissions mm-hmm. um, to the current processes to you know, have uh, our views heard throughout um, throughout any decision making process that's going on right now and um, trying to work uh, more alongside of the government to, to get those better outcomes but uh, ultimately we're pretty much saying the same thing we don't like what's being proposed mm. at the moment Fair enough. Um, and that it needs some serious changes Well I think if uh, enough councillors uh, or councils across the country uh, make the same sort of um, uh, wording, as it were, we may find mm. that they have to uh, re-address that one. Mm, mm. Wait and see, shall we? <laughs> now, the uh, gardens and the lake and the river, I've been around each of those just recently, how brilliantly well kept they are, even despite the fact that uh, that Sunday uh, storm we had blew a few trees down. Yeah, um in, in terms of the, the amount of work that's gone on to re- respond to that cyclone, it's been massive. Yeah. Um, but actually, yeah, I mean, our staff have probably been doing, uh, over those facilities have been doing um, huge hours to um, clean up. The yep. priority has been, of course, like the transport system, mm-hmm. um, trees that are partly broken but haven't fallen. Um, and uh, just uh, dealing with those really high risk situations and then going back to slightly lower risk situations. Uh, yeah, it's been um, a very big undertaking. I'm probably still going on at this point. <laughs> well, I think they keep themselves very busy and I have to uh, admire the way they keep things so nice and tidy. Mm. It's really a pleasure to be part of that and I, I walk at the garden uh, not the gardens the river quite a lot yeah. and uh, at, down at the lake and walk around the lake and things like that and uh, I, I'm very appreciative of that and I think so many p- other people are too um, yeah and it's it, it's one of those things probably people don't really think about too much you know it's um, when you, you become accustomed often to uh, some of the playgrounds around too. Mm. Yes, and did you hear about um, the work being done on a fully accessible playground? No, tell us about it. Right, so uh, it was just in the community committee meeting a couple of days ago. Um, There's a group called the Magical Bridge Trust New Zealand, Mm -hmm. uh, which is working to have um, the first fully accessible playground uh, in New Zealand uh, to have it built here in Hamilton uh, at Claudeland. So the idea is to have a playground that's completely 
integrated where um, children and adults of, of any abilities uh, and with any disability can um, use the playground and enjoy it. And so at the moment, a lot of our playgrounds have elements that are accessible, for okay. example, all the basket swings. Um, but this playground uh, is designed to to serve um, all people with all sorts of different impairments um, and and also caregivers who have disabilities to make it easier for them too. So uh, it's more expensive than your usual playground, but there's um, a, a plan to do a lot of fundraising for uh, the building of it. Right. Um, and we're looking at uh, uh, using the renewal funding for Florida's Playground and mm. putting it towards that so that instead of just doing a renewal where we put back the same thing, um, we'll, be, we'll be looking at putting back uh, a fully accessible playground. Well, we're looking forward to that. I've got great-grandchildren, would you believe, <laughs> who could go to that. Um, mm. So, yeah, the, keep an eye on that one. That's a very important one. Mm. <clears throat> so that's good. Uh, inner city growth, and the, the city is growing, the inner city growth plan for uh, Hamilton is to build more high-rise stuff, I gather. Yeah, so... <clears throat> um, the... the government has been um, putting out different directives including the national policy statement on urban development um, and its more recent uh, residential uh, intensity act uh, um, which allowed for up to three stories and three dwellings on, on most sites within the city um, so after we, we are having a greater and greater focus on the central city and around it. Yep. Um, and so right now there's very, very few building restrictions in the central city and we also have a development contribution um, remission for those who are building six stories or over to try and encourage that greater density and, and height. Um, and, and, and that won't be a long-term thing, but it's really just about kick-starting that change within the market for um, those high-rise uh, high buildings. But also, um, as part of the district plan changes, uh, we'll be required to actually be changing the zoning um, uh, within what's called a walkable catchment of the central city. So within about a 10-minute walk, um, which takes you out to parts of Hamilton East, Yep. Parts of Florida's and things. Um, those that will all be zoned six stories and uh, at at least six stories. Wow. So that doesn't. That's not to say that developers will um, take that up necessarily. And um, but but it opens up the ability to build higher um, in that area that's within walking distance of the central city. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that's a great thing because any city that's going to grow and develop uh, it usually has that inner city um, lifestyle, if you like. Mm. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I'd go for personally. I I like living out in the suburbs. <laughs> mm. uh, but it does give you a choice. It does, and I think um, what we have to we've got 
constrained budgets, of course, but what we really need to think hard about um, over the next few years is how do we support quality of life within these areas which are becoming much more dense? And we're going to need to review how much green space we're providing, um, how we're uh, providing for people to walk and scoot and bike around and and take public transport and those things. Otherwise, um, even in the suburbs where you are going to now see more intensification, um, particularly in the ones that are more accessible to town. Um, You know, unless we provide people with options other than driving, um, we're going to have streets clogged with cars and and a lot more congestion. So um, a really key thing right now is that we provide people enough realistic options for getting around in a way that's convenient and safe that they might go, okay, I house that only need one rather than two cars or two rather than three. Yep. Um, which is what we're really seeing at the moment is yeah, dwellings with multiple cars and, and um, it is affecting just the quality of life of people down these streets. Yeah. Well, I know somebody up just up my street, there's uh, some guys live there and they've got about five cars. Most of them yeah. get end up getting parked on the street, you know, and it's a, mm. it's a bit of a nuisance, yeah. never mind. And uh, the, talking about growth, of course, there's a growth out at Rurakura. Have you been out to look at that lately? Ah, I go past quite regularly, um, but although only from kind of the Innovation Park, Rurakura Road I am. Uh, line of sight. So I've definitely been kind of watching what's happening there. Um, but that's going to be uh, quite exciting with. Uh, the inland port getting underway um, and likely more residential housing in the area as well because it's quite a a good place to see more high density housing Um, you're right on the rail line and so you've got good access to transport, you're close still pretty close to central city um, and then to the university and, and other Amenities. So that's um, an exciting development there. Mm. And then, of course, the other one that's coming along in a big way is Peacocks, and that's a, a very much a residential suburb sort of thing. Yes, yeah. And um, that's hopefully going to be a model or at least a step change in how we do subdivisions with a much larger focus on looking after the environment yep. as we develop. Um, whether or not it's enough to save the pika pika roa, the long-tailed bat. Um, well, that's a big uh, one, two years. So probably in question because they're so sensitive to development and light and, um, and, and um, you know, if, if mm. with that development, I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but a lot of work is going into planting to protecting those flight corridors um, and uh, protecting the gully network, um, which is quite extensive within Peacock. Yeah. Well, I think it's very important too. And uh, one of the other things I've noticed, uh, I'll go, go and see some relatives out at Rotokauri and mm-hmm. uh, the zoo, there's been a lot of work going on there. Yes, yeah and uh, right through into the, uh, um, across the road into the uh, gully and all that sort of stuff. So some 
good work going on in the city. Yes, yeah, and it'll be really nice once the the road there has been modernised and slowed down to thirty. Yeah, because um, it will join the t- Waipakariki and the zoo together yeah. into one big um, precinct, which will be nice and a lot safer too. Well, it looks good in at the moment, but the road's a mess. <laughs> I yeah. bump and crash over the top of it. But uh, other than that, it's fine. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it finished and seeing how it goes. And uh, that would be really great. I was just going to ask you, uh, before we uh, sort of swing off the, the uh, air, as it were, uh, things of concern for you. What would you say uh, two or three of your concerns as a councillor? Oh, there are a lot of Um, uh, I think that as a council we've got a really big responsibility to be responding to climate change and it's getting noticeably uh, um, hotter over our summers um, and our emissions have still not been decreasing um, as a city and so I think that we have a lot more to do in that space and to be frank and not doing enough um, so that is a concern for me. Yep. Um, and we've heard from people, uh, particularly youth, that they do want to see that action from the council. Um, but it's also, I guess, the next concern is um, funding. So to fund a lot of that work, we need central government on board and we, we're we not seeing that. For example, for some of our um, walking, cycling, scootering projects, uh, which would be quite effective in reducing transport emissions. Uh, the government hasn't come to the table to co-fund them, um, and so they've been pared back or delayed. So a real concern for me is the transport area where most of our emissions come from and actually getting the funding um, to to make some real change there. Um, and, of course, I think uh, you've, you've noted free water's growth. Yes. And actually... And being able to fund enough infrastructure to support the amount of growth that we're seeing in the city um, is, again, a really big challenge. Um, even with people uh, building within existing areas and increasing density, it's still putting a lot of pressure onto existing pipes or existing transport systems. Yeah. And uh, we just don't have the ability as a council with our balance sheet to fund that. And so that is only going to exasperate housing affordability. So climate change and our ability and our housing affordability are, and um, uh, the, the funding that we need to um, provide for more housing are, are definitely big concerns. Um, but I could, <laughs> I, yes, I, I'll stop there. <laughs> you, could, you could go on with the others, I'm sure. And yeah. uh, just to sort of wrap up things there and uh, things is ticking over as a, as a city, uh, the big thing that I'm looking forward to seeing is the new uh, theatre. And that's coming along now, they started on it. Yes, they have started on it. <laughs> um, don't ask me the, the the actual end date, though. I can't remember. <laughs> no, I can quite understand that. It's uh, one of those things, but it's been good. Well, I think your time's just about running out. I'll give you a chance to go and uh, uh, get on with the rest of your day, Sarah. Thank you very, very much for coming on here with me and uh, tell, telling the people what they need to hear. And. Mm. Uh, 
next week another councillor will be on instead. But in the meantime, go well and uh, enjoy your rest of your day. Thank you, Brian. You too. Thank you again. Yes. Bye for now. Bye. Well, that was uh, Sarah Thompson, who was uh, a councillor, of course, and uh, just catching up with her. She has a little boy, and uh, so she's probably needing to keep him on track. But it's been lovely to speak to her and to uh, cover uh, quite a few things on the uh, um, agenda for the city. Next week, we'll have another city councillor on, and um, council comment will move on and uh, between 11.30 and 12 again next week. I'm Brian Smith. It's been a pleasure to be with you. I'm going to hand you over to a little bit of music and that in, the, uh, in a moment. And uh, once we've done that, uh, we'll go from there. And uh, coming up uh, is the intro, the climate tra- question from the BBC, the climate question. And that was an interesting thing which was just been brought up by... Uh, by Sarah was the whole thing of the climate and change and we are noticing it. Gosh, it's been a hot summer. <laughs> uh, and I was thinking I should get a job down at uh, Antarctica or something for a while. <laughs> but there we go. Hope you're okay. Everything's going well for you. And uh, we'll be back 11.30 to 12 with another councillor next Friday. In the meantime, Brian Smith wishing you well and catch you later. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.